At least three lawsuits have been filed by people who claim that they were injured at a Houston music festival over the weekend where at least eight people were killed. Here is one of the concert goers. I had fell like right on the floor and that's when everybody started tumbling down and I tried so hard to get up. There's just too much people like on me, like it was a legit dog pile on me. Welcome in music expert Eric Alper for more on this story. He joins us now on Global News Radio. Eric, good afternoon. Appreciate the time as always. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Okay, uh, Travis Scott, uh, Drake, Live Nation, they're the ones uh, behind this a concert known as the Astro World Music Festival. Do we know any more about uh, what happened over the weekend? Well, it seems like there's a lot of questions that are being asked. And the main one is what actually caused the surge of about 50,000 people that were there. Um, if it's just basically human emotion and excitement, or perhaps if Travis Scott himself had instigated the crowd to move around and swarm or, you know, bring the rage as he would call it on his, uh, on his social media. But there's a lot of questions that are being asked this weekend and throughout the uh, today and will be going on for a while, which is essentially, you know, how, um, how all those people, got in in the first place did travis instigate the crowd what was the amount of security and police officers that were there both the police and the security team that were there have said that there were plenty of of officials there to um to man the fifty thousand strong crowd um so there's just a lot of questions that are being asked about why and how and what could have been done but right now it's not even history because these lawsuits are, are coming right now. There's about seven lawsuits and counting. There were a number of them that were filed in the last two hours and all of them have named Drake and Travis and Live Nation plus the venue as well. So this is going to be far from over in a concert that has really brought shockwaves throughout the entire music industry. And I know people in the sports world are taking a look at this because this kind of thing doesn't just happen when it comes to rap shows in America. It happens all over the world, including religious festivals. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking back, uh, I mean, if you're around uh, during that time, the uh, early 80s, there was a tragic event in Cincinnati with uh, The Who that, uh, you know, people got to exactly this uh, crushed on the stage. And when I was reading this story over the weekend, I thought, not again. I mean, how could this uh, still be uh, happening? But to your point, when you've got that size of crowd, that number uh, of people, uh, you know, after a while, uh, it doesn't matter how much security you have, does it, Eric? It's really hard uh, to kind of keep people uh, contained and uh, keep their safety in mind, have them keep their own personal safety in mind. And I guess one of the discussions coming out of this uh, weekend is going to be how do we address that? How do we make sure that people in large crowds, concert goers, are safe? Yeah, I, and I think a lot of people are looking toward the artists for that responsibility because, you know, over the weekend, especially on Twitter and Instagram, um, music fans have been posting video of Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters stopping rioting that's happening at their shows. Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and Axl Rose speaking to the crowd, telling everybody to stop and take one step back 
away from the stage. Um, there has been countless possibilities of disasters in more ways than we can count when it comes to music festivals. You have a large amount of people with, you have a large amount of alcohol and potential drugs that are being consumed. Um, people are just looking to have a good time. Um, but, you know, the responsibility should not always be with the artist. It's the personal responsibility. That's why the ticket um, has on it those terms and conditions that say that you know you will do this and you have agreed to this and you will waive all rights for this so you know it, it's almost amazing that this stuff doesn't happen over the weekend but um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people are pointing the fingers at at Travis Scott specifically. And look, you know, even if some listeners may not know who he is, I mean, he's one of the biggest artists in America. He was was the first artist to have three number one songs debut at the top of the Billboard Hot 100. Um, his albums continually sell in the millions of copies. Um, but he's also a guy that has been arrested in the past for inciting riots at shows and, and, you know, kind of goading the audience to, um, you know, to swarm and jump off of, you know, ledges. And so this is a guy who kind of thrives on the excitement and the anger and the energy off the crowd. Uh, sometimes it just takes the wrong turn. So I, I think right now it, it's, it's so much information is out there and and so much of it might be wrong there's talk that he actually stopped the show and then there's also talk that he finished the set he did another 30 minutes after he knew that people were being crushed um in the crowd and uh when you're up there it it, it it's you know it's easy to point the finger at an artist up there but on the other hand that's that's the responsibility that comes you get to control the crowd however you want to yeah. Has Travis Scott, has he made a statement? Do we know what he knew uh, in the moment? Uh, you mentioned Drake's also been mentioned in this uh, lawsuit as one of the promoters of this uh, concert. Has he made any statement, Eric? Yeah, Houston police are claiming that they spoke to Travis before he got on stage to talk about the energy of the crowd and to not, you know, cause any disruptions, that they do have a lot of safety event um, personnel that are there. They have more than enough to take care of it, but they just don't want any pro uh, any any um, problems in Travis's hometown. I mean, this is this isn't the first time that he's done the Astro World Festival in the town that that gave him so much and that this is his way of giving back um so he made a statement saying that he didn't realize uh the extent of it but you know police actually said that there is a mass casualty over the police speakers and the radio internally um and nobody seemed to have gotten to travis allegedly so it's still up in the air whether or not how much he knew when he knew it and if he just decided to carry on because that's just rock and roll all right. Really, really tough story out of Houston. As you mentioned, it's a developing story. We obviously will continue to watch this as we're here with our music expert, Eric Helper. On a much different note on this uh, Monday, Eric, also wanted to talk to you this afternoon about uh, Taylor Swift, because she is being called her generation's Beatles by uh, none other than Billy Joel. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good statement. I mean, I would kind of agree with that. You know, there, I mean, she does, she has influenced her generation over songwriting. She certainly brought um, guitar manufacturers back up to the level that they had um, in the early 90s when grunge and guitars were all over the radio. In fact, you know, they could actually look to Taylor Swift's success when it comes to the sheer amount of acoustic guitars that are being sold to teenage girls and young women. Um, she has influenced the way that the music industry has operated with the changing of the contracts when the Beatles were getting you know, less than one cent for every album that they were sold. They kind of, you know, collectively stopped that and, and renegotiated that contract for the rest of the artists in the future. And Taylor Swift has certainly done that when it comes to the amount of money that music streaming services are paying artists, actually withholding her music from those streaming services. So it's a pretty accurate statement. You know what? And Billy Joel has certainly been around enough time. He grew up with the Beatles. He grew up loving Paul McCartney and John Lennon, directly influencing him. And he's seen 50, 60 years worth of music pass by so when Billy Joel says something about that, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. I think that's uh, one of the things they say about journalism. Consider the source. Uh, pretty good one here in uh, yeah. Billy Joel uh, making this uh, proclamation. And I think part of that, too, is just about uh, Taylor's songwriting ability. As amazing a singer and performer as she is, it's her songwriting ability, which obviously the Beatles were so well known for. But, uh, you know, this is basically just Taylor Swift. This is not McCartney slash Lennon. This is Taylor Swift. Uh, uh, on her own and it's just remarkable her catalog yeah she certainly knows the art of songwriting a verse chorus verse chorus bridge verse chorus and you make your verses almost like choruses and your choruses double choruses like like it's just it it, it goes all the way from from um somebody like a buddy holly to the beatles to kurt cobain to um, Taylor Swift right now where she can work really with any other musician and create a memorable tune that has a lot to do with with what's going on with Taylor's life, what's going on with the world around her a, away from Taylor and make it memorable enough for even, you know, somebody off the street to be able to hum it after one or two listens. If you do those three things, if you talk about something personal and, and you know, not make it seem like you're so far apart from the world, uh, you're, you're, you're doing pretty great. I mean, she's absolutely a special. And what's remarkable is that she's been doing this since she was 12 years old, writing mm -hmm. these songs like Love Song um, and just waiting for the rest of the world to catch up. Yeah, what you just described there, I think, is the magic of music, without a doubt. Eric, thanks as always. Good to catch up. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jeff. We'll talk soon. You got it. Our music expert, Eric Elper, and we're back after a break here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 